How's it going, my fellow history scholars? Welcome back to the podcast where we talk about the unanswered questions of history and unravel the mystery and the many questions we ask about our past. Today, I will be doing a bonus episode on Independence Day. As most of you know, it is 4th of July. So I figured I'd do a little snippet here on what it's all about. And I'm going to be reading an article from PBS org to begin our episode today and then at the end i have a special guest star um ryan kessler who's on right now ryan you can say hi if you want hey everybody how's it going awesome thanks for joining me yeah man anytime and if anybody else is interested in joining the link for the show tonight is on facebook so you can go on our page and you can find it there as well as uh, some of my social media platforms. I posted it down there. So hop on that. If you're still awake, feel free to join us tonight. This should be a good show. But I'm going to begin our article. And this is, again, from PBS.org. And it's a history of America's Independence Day. Taxation without representation was the battle cry in America's 13 colonies, which were forced to pay taxes to England's King George III, despite having no representation in the British Parliament. As dissatisfaction grew, British troops were sent in to quell the early movement towards rebellion. Repeated attempts by the colonists to resolve the crisis without military conflict proved fruitless. So on July 7th, or July 11th, 1776, the colonies second Continental Congress met in Philadelphia and formed a committee whose express purpose was a drafting of the document that would formally sever their ties with Great Britain. The committee included Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Roger Sherman, and Robert R. Livingston. Jefferson, who was considered the strongest and most eloquent writer, crafted the original draft document as seen above. A total of 86 changes were made to his draft, and the Continental Congress officially adopted the final version on July 4th, 1776. So it was actually written, and they gathered together at the Second Continental Congress and started formulating this document well before the actual date on July 4th, 1776. And what many people don't know is they weren't actually officially free from Great Britain until quite a bit later. So the document was basically a break off from Great Britain, but they were technically not free as we know it until much later. On July 8, 1776, the first public readings of the Declaration were held in Philadelphia's Independence Square to the ringing of bells and band music. One year later, on July 4, 1777, Philadelphia marked Independence Day by adjourning Congress and celebrating with bonfires, bells, and fireworks. The custom eventually spread to other towns, both large and small, where the day was marked with processions, oratory, picnics, contests, games, military displays, and fireworks. Observations throughout the nation became even more common at the end of the War of 1812 with Great Britain. In June of 1826, Thomas Jefferson sent a letter to Roger C. Whiteman, declining an invitation to come to Washington, D.C. to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. It was the last letter that Jefferson, who was gravely ill, ever wrote. In it, Jefferson says of the document, May it be to the world what I believe it will be, the signal of arousing men to burst the chains and to assume the blessings and security of self-government. That form, which we have substituted, restores the free right to the unbounded exercise of reason and freedom of opinion. All eyes are open or opening to the rights of man for ourselves, 
let the annual return of this day forever refresh our recollections of these rites and an undiminished devotion to them. Thomas Jefferson on June 24th, 1826 in Monticello, which is his home. So if you guys didn't know, Thomas Jefferson was the actual writer of the Declaration of Independence, a document on which July 4th, 1776 is celebrated for. Congress established Independence Day as a holiday officially in 1870, and in 1938, Congress reaffirmed it as a paid holiday for federal employees. Today, communities across the nation mark this major midsummer holiday with parades, firework displays, picnics, and performances of the Star Spangled Banner, the famous song by John Philip Sousa. So that is my short presentation. This was very last minute, so I hope you guys enjoyed that little piece there. But yeah, I'm gonna have Thomas on now too, or Ryan, sorry. No, you're fine. That's your brother, so I was like, wait a second, that's not right. Uh, I'm gonna have Ryan on though. Ryan, how do you celebrate Independence Day and what, what are you doing right now? Tell them about your military experience. So um, the way I celebrate Independence Day, um, it varies depending on the group I'm with, really. But um, generally, I like to light off fireworks and hang out with my family. Um, this year this is a little different, though, ever since I enlisted. This is my first 4th of July away from my family. But I was lucky enough to spend it with a new family that I made here in the Marine Corps. So. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Ryan and his brother, Thomas, actually joined the Marines not that long ago, correct? And you guys are well on your journey to uh, fighting for the freedom that we're able to celebrate today. So my question Absolutely. was actually, yeah, for sure. My question actually was, do they do anything military-wise while you're in training for 4th of July? Not that I know of. Um, they give us what's called the 96, which is just a military term for a four-day weekend. Um, it's the longest paid federal holiday that you can get in the government it's a it's a 96 or at least in the military it's four days it's a four-day paid vacation really so we have oh, nice. friday off next week we got um liberty uh, friday saturday sunday and we got one more day tomorrow so it's nice you know not having to do anything during those days yeah i'm sure so do you stay on base during those four days or are you able to leave or what do you end up doing so uh, you're allowed to leave base, but if you are, if you do something bad or you mess up, you break the rules or you uh, end up getting NJP, you will be on restriction. And if you're on restriction, which is one of the various forms of punishment they can use, it's like jail pretty much. They keep you in the barracks. You're only allowed to go to the chow hall in the barracks room for up to 45 days. Um, they can cut your pay too. Um, Oh, uh, you're not allowed to go off base at all. And when you're on restriction, you're not allowed to uh, leave the barracks. That's, I haven't met anybody who's been on restriction yet. Um, but there are people occasionally that might get too drunk or, or they stay out past curfew. And then that will give you a, it's called, we call it a ninja punch. Or, mm. uh, it's, it's called an NGP, which stands for a, a non-judicial punishment. It's like court martial is like a court proceeding, but an NJB is a more informal uh, punishment at the commanding officer's discretion. 
Mm, I see. So you got to really screw up, though, to be able to get that, I'm sure. Because you, you said you, you haven't really met anybody. Up, but it's a lot easier than what people think. The punishment's mm. pretty severe. Like, you could lose your rank. You could get dropped down to a private. Even yeah. if you are, like, a lance corporal or a corporal. Like, if you're a, an E3 or E4, which takes a few years to get to. And they'll, they'll, just, they'll drop you down. They'll be like, yeah, you, you're caught drinking. Well, we're just going to make you a private. You start over again. Oh, damn. So it's an incentive not to mess up. Yeah, right. So what made you want to join? Honestly, the reason I wanted to join was I joined on a gut feeling, really. Um, my whole life, I wanted to be in the military. But there, every few months, every few years, I would consider different branches and I'd be like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely going to join the Air Force. I'm going to be an airman. And then I do some, I'd stick with that for a while. I'd only be in like in middle school or high school. And then a few mm -hmm. months later, I'd do more research on like the Navy. And I'd be like, man, that would be so cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the Navy. I'm going to be on a ship. That's going to be so cool. And more than a few times, I considered the Marine Corps. Because this is the era of it being the hardest of the of the uh, yeah the branches, that I believe is true. Um, and that just really stood out to me. And I walked into the recruiter's office, and I just had a feeling. I was like, "Yeah, this is it." And I stuck with it, and I do feel like this was this was it. This was the right choice for me. Yeah, for sure. So, how does that? impact your fourth of july now that you're serving because i'm sure it, it's probably different it does feel or is it the same different. it does feel different having enlisted and serving now um i'm still really young in my career so you know i still have a lot of things to experience i have a i have a five-year contract right now and i'm about five five months in so yeah, I still got, got a long way to go. Good road ahead of you, for sure. But even this first 4th of July in service, it feels different. It feels like you're part of this big club, and the emotions just flow differently with everybody else. You know, there's a lot. I feel like the patriotism is just so much thicker here. It's like adding flour to the soup broth, you know? Yeah. Well, you're going through so much more. Like when when you're a civilian, you're like, "Oh, it's Independence Day, whatever. It's cool. I just get to do whatever I want." But then you're actually out there in the field and marching and having to do all the all the military life kind of stuff. I'm sure it gives you and a different view. In a really shallow way, or just at the surface, it's like yeah, it's another. Some people might say yeah, it's another Independence Day. But when you really start to think about it and let your mind run through, you start to think, you know, wow, this racket I'm laying, I'm laying in right now, the, the barracks I'm staying in, somebody's been through here, and they've been through so much stuff mm -hmm. during their service. They've, they've probably seen combat. They've probably, you know, taken somebody's life or saved somebody's life in combat. Or yeah, that's crazy to think about. All these experiences, you know. You're, you're in a spot where these people have gone and it's just a really special feeling. I feel very lucky to be in the position that I'm in. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So what's your job going to be? My job? I'm going to be an aircraft engine mechanic. Yeah, I know. You told me. I just wanted to have the listeners know. So I'm like, don't, don't worry. Don't worry, Ryan. I, I know. I remember you told me. I just... Well, that's awesome. Oh, you're, good. you're good, man. So good, obviously, so... I know we were in aviation class uh, back in high school together. So is that something you want to end up following as a path, aviation? Oh, absolutely. So for anyone out there who's listening, um, I was pursuing a path to become a private pilot before I enlisted, but I wasn't able to get my medical certification in time. And I was trying to hold down a job at uh, Taco Bell in my town, so I had to make some money and um, keep up with my classes. And I ended up stops. I ended up uh, putting a halt to the high classes. And then COVID came around, so then it was even harder. And I was like, okay, now I focus on online schooling, which is kind of new. Yeah. And from there, um, I enlisted. I, I still had lost my love for aviation. Though. The, I came into the, my recruiter's office with uh, a goal to get an aviation job that I was really lucky to get, and I have now. So my love for aviation hasn't, hasn't wavered at all. And I fully expect to become a private pilot when I leave the service. No. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being asked if I'm live streaming right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still on. You should hop on. You should watch. Yeah, I know you. You had such a huge passion for aviation because I, I definitely saw it when we were in class together. So yeah, that's awesome that you're able to actually do that with the military so i need to call bruce i still haven't called him yet yeah bruce would probably be pretty proud mm -hmm. i i told him i was joining the marines mm -hmm. and or at first i was like i went to class i said hey bruce uh big news i'm enlisting in the military he says oh wow air force i'm guessing and i kind of scratched the back of my head and i was like well you see that's the thing um, I'm joining the Marine Corps, and he just kind of stopped there. He's like, Marine Corps? <laughs> you join the Marine Corps? You want to be? You want to be a pilot, though, right? I was like, that'd be nice, but I'm, I'm enlisting. I'm, I'm going officer, so I'm probably going to be a mechanic. Mm. And he he was he was like, you know what the Marines do, right? You no, know, they go out and they fight. And he wasn't yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't upset. You know, that's that's not him. He was very supportive. But he was trying to tell me that the Air Force was better. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, you, I'll yeah, when you, you think so, as far as flying. I'll tell you what, the Air Force is sense. nicer. The Air Force is a lot nicer. But they're not better. They're not better than the Marine Corps, I'll tell you that. That's just because I'm biased. Yeah, right. I'd say the same thing about the Army, so. It's like whatever branch you're a part of. Yeah, dude. When you're when you're in, it's always there's always going to be feuds. Let's mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, I know. Because I, you know, I do drill weekends still, so oh, yeah, I have a little bit of um, that. You're ROTC, right? Or are you already enlisted? 
No, I, I'm I'm doing National Guard, so I do drill weekends, but yes, I will be doing ROTC. I did ROTC for a semester, and then I'm going to join back up when I go back down there. But I yeah, I have basic have, in the fall, so. I think if you have ROTC for two years, um, you should be able to get um, an E2 um, right out of boot camp. Like you should be a mm. rank up. Yeah, I haven't done it for two years yet, though. That's the only thing. I did it for a semester, and then it, I had that semester of college right when all the online stuff was going on, and I'm like, this really sucks. I, I just want to go back home because oh, yeah. if you're paying that much money for college, like, why would you suffer through like having to sit in a dorm room all the time and just doing online classes? I'd rather have the full experience and wait. I remember That's what I'm one like. of the last I'll join. that I had with Bruce um, was one of our last aviation classes that I attended. Um, we had a guest speaker who was from it was at North Dakota University, I believe, and or maybe it was Duke. I don't remember. It was one of the big aviation colleges, but he started classes except they were all online, and he was yeah. discussing with us what it was like for him to do all these big college courses online, and mm-hmm. how he kept doing his classes because that's just what he loved to do, is that he wanted to go to college and study that that topic. So. I yeah, it was it was different. It, it was it was different, for sure. I I don't like the online stuff, so I'm like, if I'm gonna go to college, I want the full experience. So in the meantime, I'm gonna join up in the service and then get through basic, and then that's gonna help me pay for college anyways. So might as well just wait until everything's back in person. So yeah, AIT for me, which is my job training, should get done hopefully in January. So I probably won't. That spring semester, getting back, but I had a I have be a, able to return I have in a summer. Who, uh, I have a buddy who was in my platoon during basic training, and he is reservist. So once he's done with his MOS school, he's going back home, and he'll do the the weekend drills and then the two to three weeks uh, during the summer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. But basically, he's um. Was I going with? Oh yeah, all of boot camp. He was always talking about how he was kind of in a rush to get through training because he wanted to be done with his training in time to enroll into his college courses online. I think he's uh, is he going to A and M right now online? So yeah, that's cool. I know a girl a who recently is... of his uh, she just got accepted into it. Nice and. Or maybe he got up into a class. Either way, he's on the right track right now, so I'm I'm pretty happy for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Reserves is definitely different, I'm sure, than active. But you know, if, if you want to go to college, it's a good way to be able to do both of those. Yeah, reserves is a good option if you have like another job back home that you want to keep, or if you have other responsibilities like family, right? Um, or if you're interested in, in continuing college but i feel like one thing that a lot of people forget any advice to anyone out there who's thinking about enlisting you are enlisting to serve and at any time you can you can get called up to to serve right a lot of people a lot of people that i even met in boot camp they were who were reserves i'll admit um, not a lot of active duty people who thought this but 
they thought that their units that they're going to go to don't deploy a lot. Only to figure out that it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> my unit's going to deploy like two out of four times during the year. So it's going to be like six months out of the year you're going to be deployed. For Jeez. So it's like, you know, some people don't fully understand what they're getting themselves into. I feel like that it's easy for people to lose their spirit if they feel like they've been tricked when in reality they just didn't do enough research or maybe yeah, they got lied to. That's it, honestly. More unfortunate. Right. Yeah, you don't realize. And then the thing with the National Guard, too, is we get deployed domestic, and if they need us, we can go uh, international. So <laughs> we have a little yeah, bit of you, you guys, you guys got it harder. You got, you got to do domestic stuff, too. But you know what? It's like, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to keep the freedom that we have that we're getting to celebrate today? And then what did you join for? That's uh, you, you should definitely think that through before you even consider signing any paperwork. What What are you trying to join for? One of the, one of the reasons why I joined, not just because it was a gut feeling, I just it was a gut feeling that this was the right option for me. But I joined because, you know, I wanted to serve. And I know that sounds really cliche, and it's just the, you know, the catch-all answer. But it, when you say uh, when you say I want to serve, it can mean a lot of things, and it does mean a lot of things. Right. Like, you you want to fight. You know, you want to you want to protect people in in your country. You want to protect your family and your friends. You want to mm -hmm. fight people that threaten your family and your friends and your nation too. And there's a sort of honor that comes with knowing that. There's a absolutely an honor that comes from knowing that you're a part of this this big club. Yeah, for sure. I originally joined because I'm like, all right, I need a way to pay for college. But after I joined, I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is. And now I have a, like mm -hmm. a lot more respect for actually it's like what a it means boost. to it's like a, boost a soldier. You know? You're like, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like from, you're a civilian. You, you have no idea. It's like, okay, that's cool. I get to celebrate fireworks and hang out with friends. But when you're on the other side of that, when you're in the military, you're like, oh, so this is what it means to actually like def defend for defend your country, to, to fight along other people. It's like a totally different scenario. So a lot of people in my student, just in the military, they do join for uh, college money. That's okay, but mm -hmm. when when you when you start doing drill and everybody in your platoon hits something just right like just perfectly and then it's like okay that felt really good let's see if we can hit that again and then you hit it again just right you know every everybody everybody does like marching manual perfectly you know you switch from a left shoulder to right shoulder oh it's it's a it's just like yeah you get chills down your spine i'm a part of this greater thing something that's bigger than myself mm -hmm. But yeah, um, have any final comments before we end the show here? I know it was pretty short, but then I'm also going to put out, uh, for the people that are watching, I'm going to put out a live message so you can send your message in. If you weren't able to join us tonight, you can still send us in your message. Just tell us what 
4th of July means to you, what Independence Day means to you, and uh, basically what you do. But yeah, Ryan, thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. Sorry if I talked about myself, but just sharing what I got, you know. No, yeah, that's good. That's what I wanted. I, I love the different perspectives, and especially since you're in the service. So that's awesome. Well, it's good to see you, man. You're going to enjoy boot camp. Take it as you will. But I'm looking forward it. to it. I'm also a little afraid, but you know what? I guess I'll conquer that when I get there. Hey, man. So. When you're having tough times, just remember it, it won't last forever. Right. It's going to feel that, so much better on the other side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and with that, uh, thank you guys again, everybody, for joining and being able to watch tonight. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.